Coming up on AEA Amplified, Kevin Barton, founder of Bartronics Aerospace Services. From the Aircraft Electronics Association, this is AEA Amplified, a podcast for aviation's technology experts, with your host, Jeff Hill. Hello, aviation friends. Welcome back to another episode of AEA Amplified. Sponsored by Avionics News, the AEA's monthly magazine available in print, online, and mobile apps for iOS and Android devices. I'm your host, Jeff Hill, for this February 15th, 2024 edition of AEA Amplified. And today we are joined by Kevin Barton. He is the founder of Bartronics Aerospace Services, and that's an AEA member company located in Rimby, Alberta, Canada. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, before we jump into the type of services you provide for our listeners, just uh, let us know. I know you've spent more than 20 years working in the uh, general aviation industry, and that includes seven years as an aircraft maintenance engineer. So just take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us about your professional career, where you've worked, and how all of that experience helped inspire you to start your own company. Thanks, Jeff. It's an uh, honor to be here today and having the opportunity to talk with you. Really appreciate that. Um, as you mentioned, I've been working in aviation since graduating in 1999. Uh, I did my AME license for the first seven years of my career, and then I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity uh, to work in the engineering department doing aircraft certifications. Uh, after doing that for a while, uh, I was able to finally achieve delegation under a DAO, which is a Canadian version of the ODA. Um, and then started my company about two years ago um, after receiving my DAR delegation, which is a, again, a Canadian version of a DER. Uh, during that whole period, I also took a brief uh, hiatus to do some instructing at a local college uh, for avionics. Um, but ultimately, I missed getting to work with aircraft and uh, working working on and with people around aircraft. So I uh, I left the education and and moved back into aircraft certification. And then you founded Bartronics uh, just a couple of years ago, I think, uh, in 2022, uh, and you offer aircraft certification, uh, testing, and airworthiness reviews. Can you? break each of those services down in just uh, a little bit more detail and tell us how your company operates. Yeah, um, I think you could probably boil my company down to kind of one simple function, which is providing our customers with approved data. Uh, there, there's a bunch of different ways that we can do that. Um, the, the most typical is an STC, uh, but we also have other routes that we can take um, to get to get approved data. Uh, the first step in any successful program really is to identify what the customer needs and uh, to, to achieve their goals. Uh, we try to spend some time at the beginning of each project to discuss the various methods that we have available to us and then work with the customer to achieve a successful path to their goal and that, that will end up meeting their needs. Uh, sometimes it's just a matter of providing some advice to the customer to allow them to use existing approved data. Uh, sometimes we may be doing just a simple review and approve of the data. And sometimes it could be much more in depth where we're creating the data, working through the prototype installation, witnessing certification testing, 
and approving the data so the customer can release their aircraft back to service. Ultimately, we just want to provide really good quality support to our customers, whatever their needs are. So when you look ahead, you know, 5, 10, 15 years down the road, what is your vision for Bartronics? Uh, you know, how do you see your company evolving and growing in the future? Yeah, that's always a really tough question to, uh, to, to, to state. But I think really what our goal is, is to be able to, to build Bartronics into a, a broader DAO services company where we can help mentor and bring uh, new talent into the uh, aircraft industry. Um, and then longer term, really to become maybe uh, uh, add some manufacturing so we can sell STCs and kits to the global aviation industry. And once again, we are visiting with Kevin Barton of Bartronics Aerospace Services here on AEA Amplified, sponsored by Avionics News Magazine. And Kevin, obviously, you're, you're in Canada. There are several AEA member companies uh, that, that are located in Canada. And of course, there are some differences in the way Canada operates and manages its aviation industry uh, when you compare it to the United States and some other regions around the world. So if you could, could you just walk us through a little bit of kind of what the, you know, the state of the industry is like in Canada right now uh, for GA and, and what are some of the most important issues facing the industry right now? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks, Jeff. Um, I think, generally speaking, the Canadian aviation industry is facing a lot of the same issues that the U.S. has seen. Um, are, I think right now the, um, the, the industry is really robust. Uh, we may be starting to see some economic softening, softening across the, the uh, North America economies. So we may be starting to head into a little leaner time. But right now, I think everybody's doing fairly well. Um, I think the biggest problem that a lot of companies are facing, like the U.S., is just finding and retaining skilled employees. I think that's a, a challenge for a lot of the companies right now. Um, as we know, the work world is changing, um, and I think aviation industry as a whole uh, has to do uh, a, a better job of competing for that top talent against other industries. Uh, part of this may be adapting to the new work culture that we have. Um, and then also really getting people excited again about aviation in general. Um, <clears throat> on the regulatory side, I, I think like transport or uh, like the FAA, transport is facing a lot of their senior workforce kind of retiring and, and moving out. Um, and, and they're having to bring in new people and train them. So uh, I think the industry as a whole has the opportunity to kind of help shoulder some of that load in training the new uh, regulatory staff um, in their interactions on day to day with them, um, and 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 really trying to to support the regulatory agencies as a whole in in this process. Um, then on a more technical level, obviously in Canada, uh, I think ADSB is going to be a big challenge facing our our aviation community, not just in Canada but also in the U.S. because it's going to affect a lot of owner operators flying into Canada having to comply with different regulations than what they're currently complying with. Yeah, and you mentioned ADSB. I know, you know, Canada's approach to implementation of ADSB has been has been unique. Um, talk a little bit more about that. What's the latest and and where are we at exactly with ADSB in Canada right now? Well, I think this is a topic we could probably dedicate an entire show to. 
Um, so I'll try to keep it at a higher level. Uh, this landscape is constantly changing. And even, even recently, we've had some dates that have been amended and stuff like that. So <clears throat> really what it stems down to for those that don't understand what Canada is facing is the, the land mass in Canada is, is quite large. Um, and our population is quite small. I think we're like one, uh, about one-tenth the size of the U.S. population, but we have approximately the same landmass. So when the U.S. went to put the towers in for ADSB, it was a, probably a lot easier solution because they're of the density of the population and the, and the um, airport uh, density as well. So they get better coverage right off the bat just by installing these towers at airports. We in Canada don't have that level of uh, airports and, and density. So I, a land-based solution was probably not going to serve Canada well. So NAV Canada took the approach of going to a space-based ADSB coverage. Uh, but what this requires then is it really requires a diversity antenna, which is a top and a bottom mounted antenna, so that the space-based portion can see the aircraft and the ground-based portion can see the aircraft. So that obviously brings in some technical issues when we have uh, a more ground-based approach in the U.S. And, and not everybody putting diversity equipment on um, when they're flying into Canada. Recently, um, NAV Canada has implemented ADSB in Class A airspace, which is the, the high airspace. <clears throat> that um, has been implemented since, I think, 2023 sometime. Um, but that affected mostly airliners that already have the diversity equipment installed, and it wasn't as big of an issue for most airline. Um, the new new mandate is for May 16th of 2024, which is coming up really quick here, for Class B airspace, which is kind of that above 12.5 portion. Um, and then recently, uh, they've pushed back the Class C, D, and E airspace to no earlier than 2028. So that gives us a little bit of time to try to fix some of these issues that we're, we're all going to see in the industry. Um, Kevin Bruce is, is meeting with Transport Canada and NAV Canada this week. Um, so we might get some additional clarity coming out of those discussions, uh, which we'll be able to talk about probably really well at the uh, conference in Dallas coming up. Yeah, absolutely. There and, and Kevin, you know, you're the uh, a member of the AA board of directors and have served for the past three years. And uh, congratulations, recently elected to serve another term by the membership. You also are the chair of the AEA's Government and Industry Affairs Committee, so certainly an expert on these topics. Uh, as such, of course, you are uh, actively involved with putting together the annual AEA Canada Regional Meeting, um, and you also guide the Canadian Roundtable discussion uh, each year at the AEA Convention that, that you mentioned there. And uh, that's going to be, uh, that discussion, that roundtable for the Canadian members is going to take place on Wednesday, March the 20th uh, in Dallas. So. Uh, at that particularly uh, particular roundtable, what issues do you foresee being on the table there and discussed at the Canadian roundtable uh, at AEA Dallas? Well, first, I just want to say I'm I'm really grateful to be uh, elected again for my second term. It's it's been an absolute privilege and honor to be able to serve on the AEA board, and uh, I'd like to thank all the the members that took time to vote in the election. Um, 
I, I have the privilege to serve with some truly amazing people who have all contributed to the wonderful success we see in the AEA right now, including the staff. I mean, the, the AEA staff is absolutely amazing. Everybody's truly committed to our goals and furthering our causes um, and the members as well. And just joining and, and being part of that organization, it's, it's amazing to see. Uh, getting back to your actual question, um, I'm actually always uh, really pleasantly surprised by the great discussions that we get into at the roundtables. Uh, I think the key points this year, like I mentioned, are going to be kind of workforce development, um, regulatory concerns with Transport Canada, and uh, the Canadian ADSB mandate. I, I think those are going to be probably the three largest uh, topics for the, the roundtable. And Kevin, of course, you're you're one of the uh, industry leaders in the delegate community, as as we've mentioned, um, and and that's found a home uh, the delegate community has with the AEA uh, to just you know represent the interests of delegates around the world. Um, together with Kevin Bruce, you mentioned him earlier. Uh, he is the AEA's director of engineering and certification. Uh, the two of you will be leading uh, the second annual delegates conference. Uh, and that also takes place uh, at the AA convention. It will be on the, the fourth and final day of the show, which is Friday, March the 22nd. Um, the delegates conference is, you know, it's just kind of an opportunity for the delegate community, the, you know, the DERs, DARs, ODAs, et cetera, um, to discuss uh, the relevant topics uh, with the regulatory authorities uh, that'll be there from the FAA, from Transport Canada. What can you tell us about the delegates conference uh, coming up in March? Uh, who should attend and why? Yeah, this is really super exciting and I'm really grateful to the AA uh, in its expansion to support delegates uh, in providing engineering and certification services around the world. I, I really believe that the AEA is uniquely positioned to provide support to the delegate community. Uh, the work that Rick and Kevin have done on the regulatory side for the regular members it dovetails so nicely with the work that delegates do on a daily basis that there's a really strong synergy there. Um, I think also the training that uh, the AEA provides is a, a great resource for any delegate member. Uh, we get, often we get kind of uh, forgotten in that term and I think the AEA is doing an excellent job of recognizing uh, the, the foundation that they built that they can share with the delegate community. Uh, and, and Kevin Bruce recently, I, I know he's been part of the AEA for quite some time, but his recent kind of full-time employment, I think has been a, an excellent addition to the AEA family. Uh, he's got an extensive background in aircraft engineering and certification, and he'll be a really strong asset for the AEA membership. Um, I would like to also point out that uh, Scott Starrick, uh, David Rankin, who I believe you had on the podcast uh, a couple of episodes ago, and Kevin St. Aubin have been have been part of the the uh, delegate subcommittee and have really contributed to the success of the delegate um, conference. Uh, obviously, the AEA staff were, are essential to putting this on, so I, I really want to thank them as well, um, and and the rest of the members of the AEA delegate subcommittee. Um, I think we have a lot of great topics to discuss this year. Uh, we'll get some great one-on-one -on -one time with the regulators from both Transport Canada and the FAA. Uh, and in my opinion, if you're a delegate, you should attend. 
Uh, we really tried to ensure that this is not a discipline specific event and that it will appeal to basically all delegates regardless of their specialty. Uh, the delegate community is really small uh, relative to the maintenance and manufacturing communities. Uh, and we wanted to be able to really maximize our impact uh, on, on that community. Uh, there's a lot of issues that um, avionics and electrical delegates will face that will be very similar to what structures delegates will face. Uh, so by choosing our topics that would apply to the delegate as a whole, we are really trying to support all the people who support the maintenance and manufacturing uh, AEA members. I, I just like to point out, it's really hard to put in a GPS system in your aircraft without having both electrical and structural delegates sign off on the on the approved data. So that's our that's our goal and and we're trying to really cater to everybody that would be a delegate so and we can't wait to see all those delegates and welcome them to dallas here uh, uh towards the end of the march and kevin before we let you go uh it is time of course for our lightning round and our final four questions sponsored by avionics news uh we're just simply looking for the first thing that comes comes to mind for you and why you feel that way for each of our final four questions so let's get started uh number one uh, for aviation enthusiasts who have never been to Canada, what is the one place you would recommend they visit in your country and why? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so my father really loved aviation and he was really the catalyst for me getting into aviation. And I remember as a kid, him taking us down to the Reynolds Museum in Wetaskiwin uh, on the weekends and we would get to see their displays on the history of aviation there. Uh, the museum isn't just dedicated to aviation, it has all sorts of machines. So it really, really appeals to that inner en engineer in all of us. Very good. All right. Number two, uh, you're, of course, you're new, uh, fairly new business owner with your own company there. What's the one thing in your business adventure that you've experienced that you did not expect? So I did expect to have to wear a lot of hats. I didn't expect to know that wearing those hats would take as much time as they do on all of the tasks. I think that's the one thing that's a surprise to a lot of people is that there's there's a lot of things you have to do and a lot of things pulling your attention. So it's not just about going in and providing the best service you can to your customers. It's also about sales and marketing and, and accounting and finance and all of those lovely things that we have to be aware of. Um, I'm really fortunate that my wife decided to take the journey with me and she's a partner in the business. So she she can shoulder some of the responsibility, uh, especially the accounting portion, which I really don't enjoy. Uh, so that that really helps out a lot and takes a little bit off my plate. You bet. You bet. All right. Number three, if someone is uh, interested in being a delegate in the aviation industry, um, what advice would you give them and how do they get started? So the one piece of advice that I would probably give to anybody starting out in this is, is be patient and, and maximize your learning opportunities. Getting a job in aviation is, is relatively the easy part coming out of school, but having the patience to go through on this journey to delegation can be the, the trickier part. Uh, it's a very long process. It can take a decade, or more in some cases. Uh, myself, my journey took over a decade 
but obviously I had a couple of different stops along the way. So it, it was a little bit uh, unique in that respect. But I think really just learn as much as you can, soak up the information and have patience and just stick with it. All right. Very good advice. All right. All right. Number four, the fourth and final one of our final four. Is there anything else you would like to share uh, with the avionics community that we haven't covered so far? Well, Jeff, I think many people know that you should never ask me an open-ended question. Um, I will take as much of the time as I can to answer that. There you go. Uh, but, Very good. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of the things that I'd like to really, really uh, just emphasizes, just remind all the AEA members uh, to, to get involved, get involved in the committees, get involved in the board of directors. Um, you know, just it's your association and you'll get what you put in. Um, AEA has some excellent resources. They have excellent training opportunities. They have uh, new, um, I'm sorry, I'm gonna mess up the name of this, but the, the hiring portion that they've gone through, um, there's been a ton of effort put into really maximizing the return for for members. So I think I think that would be the number one thing that I'd like to leave with everybody is if you're not a member, join. And if you are a member, get involved. So again, thanks very much, Jeff, for the opportunity to be on the podcast today. I had an awesome time. And thank you, Kevin Barton, uh, for joining us here on AA Amplified. And uh let me let everybody know that you can certainly learn more about Kevin's company, uh, Bartronics Aerospace Services, uh, on the website at bartronics.com. That is B-A-R-T-R-O-N-I-X.com. Uh, and uh, just a couple of reminders before we sign off. Uh, we do have some upcoming avionics courses that are taking place and scheduled over the next several months here at AEA headquarters in Lee Summit, Missouri. Uh, each of those classes, though, seating is limited. So you will want to check out the course schedule and enroll today to reserve your seat at any one of those courses. You can do all of that at aea.net slash training. And we've talked about the AEA convention where that Canadian roundtable is going to be taking place, as well as the delegates conference. Uh, if you've not registered yet for the show, uh, please do so by March the 1st. Uh, and if you do that uh, by the 1st here, which is just a couple of weeks away, that's going to save you $100 off the on-site rate. So go ahead and register by March the 1st. We look forward to seeing the entire avionics community come together for four days of training new products networking all of it in dallas texas march 19th through the 22nd and you can get your full attendee registration as well as a daily registration if you can't be there for the full show uh, all of that is at aea.net convention and that is going to wrap it up for today's show. We hope you can join us again soon for another episode of AEA Amplified, sponsored by Avionics News, the monthly magazine available in print, online, and mobile apps for iOS and Android devices. You can check all of that out at avionicsnews.net. Thanks again to Kevin Barton of Bartronics Aerospace Services for being our guest today. And until next time, here on AEA Amplified, for our producer, engineer Aaron Ward, this is your host, Jeff Hill, wishing you blue skies ahead. So long, everybody. Mm -hmm.